Here's to the creative ones, the daydreamers and romantics, the dream makers, the risk takers, the fierce movers and the shakers, the mothers busting out of cubicles to make family life more beautiful. They are the happy ones, the gutsy ones who venture to a better future. They are the smarter ones who stop procrastination. They are the brighter ones armed with education. And while you may question their reality, call them pipe dreamers and irresponsible, their inner strength is powerful, which makes their drive unstoppable. And while some may see them as just creative or hopelessly romantic, we see passion. Because the people who are passionate enough to dream they can love their life are the ones who do. Hello, welcome Jill Jones, singer, songwriter, and former recording artist from Paisley Park Records and co-star of Graffiti Bridge and Purple Rain. Such a pleasure to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Good to be so here, Richard. Let's just jump right in. Okay. Um, so let's start from the very beginning real quick and compact it all. When, where did you grow up at? I grew up in Ohio in a small town called Lebanon, Ohio. Um, uh, it's in between Dayton and Cincinnati. Uh, lived with my grandparents most of the time. My mom traveled and worked outside. She was a single mom. Mm -hmm. And then um, that's kind of the beginning. You know, it was a very small community, primarily uh, not, not much diversity. Uh, so just imagine America, USA, like, you know, with a main street parades, we had a honeybee festival, which they don't even do anymore. It was like celebrating honeybees, which was really wild. Um, so beautiful. it was, yeah, main street USA. I mean, you know, and then there was the racial divide between the black sides and the white sides, but it didn't really seem so extreme at the time. Um, you know, there was obviously the clan element on, on one part. So everybody was just sort of, you know, leftovers. This, th these are the days of the 60s. So things were still bubbling up. When did you uh, move to Los Angeles? I moved to Los Angeles in 70, I'd say 72 or 74, like around that time, 74 or 75. And uh, my mother uh, was in a relationship with one of, uh, in the Gordy family, one of the uh, brothers. Uh, so I sort of merged into this big melting pot of, uh, I don't know, they had a family matriarch, patriarch, there was Barry. It was a really warm and inviting family. Mm -hmm. Nice. And then when did you get into singing? I got into singing um, pretty much from uh, uh, when my mother was managing Tina Marie. She uh, basically decided uh, to let her move in with us. My mom was at Motown. Tina had gotten signed. So wow. she moved in. Yeah, she moved in. And uh, she was like a big sister. So in those days, she'd start having me sing with her and doing uh, backing vocals, and we would write as well. We, we shared, you know, that wing of the house, I remember. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So it started there. And then with her bands, you know, I just started doing the backing vocals and filling in and that's where it all kind of began. And then from that, that's when I was on the tour with her. I ended up meeting Prince uh, when we opened for the Dirty Mind tour for his show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when, when you met Prince, what, um, that was on tour, you said, what year was that around? That was 1980. So I remember it was, uh, it was 1980. It was the year I think John Lennon died. So uh, that a lot of, you know, it was one of those years where just things happen, big things happen. They're, they're sort of landmarks in your lifetime that you can remember things. Right. And yeah, I remember that year because a lot of changes happened for me. And one of them was meeting Prince. It basically changed the course of direction of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then working with Prince, you came out with this incredible album. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. You know, yeah, we, it took us a long time to get it and get it done, but we did it finally uh, because I'd been working with him since, um, you know, full on in 82 all the way through to like 93. Um, so in those years, it was really, uh, that was just the nucleus, the very beginning. Uh, he was uh, just starting to bubble. And I would sing on various artists that he had their tracks and do backing vocals or ghost vocals or whatever he wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. Nice. And then as far as I noticed when you were working with Prince as a um, singer, songwriter and vocalists as well that you started dabbling as well in acting and you were um, also co-starring in Purple Rain and Graffiti Bridge his um, movies how mm -hmm. was how did you enjoy acting let's talk about that yeah I I enjoyed <clears throat> I enjoyed acting because when I was living in Los Angeles and attending school as a child I you know I was debating whether to do law or to go into theater and theater was really a dream for me uh, Prince kind of knew that too when we met because I had given him a tape of uh, demos that I had been working on and um, they were a little theatrical, uh, a little very 80s sounds, but um, all along I just wanted to be in like doing something with singing and, and music, I mean and acting. So then he did Purple Rain, that was an entryway, then he, we moved into obviously graffiti bridge later and I enjoyed it. Um, making films was a lot different. Um, I'd kind of known the amount of work that would go into it because having grown up in like the 40 circle, I remember once uh, uh, Barry had produced a film and I went in and I was uh, uh, ambiance in the background. I got to be a receptionist for some, some weird movie. I can't remember the name of that movie. Mm -hmm. I will. It, it's very weird. It's funny that I would remember that I did this when I was like a teenager. I think Catherine, the mom who played on that show. Uh, um, oh, anyway, it's a, it's a long story. Anyway, I did that. And so when we did the acting, it was just Prince had a lot of faith in me and he was always like, Oh yeah, you're, you're really good. And he was so, uh, he had a lot of good energy. Um, super positive because he was super elated to be working on that project and seeing his dreams manifest. So mm -hmm. I can't think of a better time than just, it was sort of like we were spanky and our gang putting in a movie, you know, like the little rascals. 
and there we were. Nice. <laughs> like the little rascals and here we were making movies so that was great through that whole journey of acting and doing your album and everything most memorable moment um the scene that got cut actually the piano scene was really memorable because i think he told me to go to bed early the night before make sure you're in bed on time you have a big day and it was such a beautiful scene because it was a scene where i was singing um uh, the song uh, that he'd written, it was called Wednesday. And uh, that was a great moment because the set was quiet. Al Magnoli was directing. Prince was on the side watching and giving his pointers. And I, you know, was playing the piano. And it was really, really sweet. I had on this really killer, like, Angora sweater. Which I don't wear Angora anymore, but it was, like, this little white Angora I had all the really nice little plushy, cushy, you know, girly things in that movie from what I was wearing. I was very girly. Mm. The hairdo, curls, girly, you know. Which brings me to your video of your um, album with Mia Boca that I've told you time and time again, that video is so incredible. It still looks current today when you see it. It's timeless. Mm. I mean... Let's talk about that, the inspiration behind that video and the wardrobe and the videographer and whatnot. Well, I know that um, the director of that video was Jean-Baptiste Mondino, French uh, director. Uh, he'd done a lot of ad work. Uh, he was known for really creating a story in a very limited amount of time. And during those days, he worked with people like Don Henley, Madonna. He did everybody. He was like the guy that everybody wanted. And I think he really had met uh, to do something with Prince, but it was an in-between time and Prince didn't really have anything, but my friend Sophie Bramley had turned him on to me. Sophie is a, <clears throat> a writer that I've known for a long time in Paris. And she turned, she knew Mondino and said, you've got to check out this girl. And this was before the record came out, any of it. And he heard, he heard the songs and he wanted to work with me. So he reached out. I was like down for it. We um, <clears throat> we went to Mexico to, you know, find a location. Um, it was just a big, huge journey. Prince, for the most part, stayed out of that, the direction of that. It was almost, uh, it really was a manifestation of a few other people. I went to Paris I met Azadine Alaya, all these amazing people. Azadine fitted me for clothes for the video. Everything was made. Um, I saw the process of how they casted the, the boys. They brought in a few models right. from Paris. So it, the video is timeless because it also takes in and pays like homage and tribute to people like Fellini or the film Los Olivados kind of combined into one. And then there's me in the middle of it. So it, it, it is stunning. I, I agree. I was actually shocked uh, that it, you know, the pieces, but, you know, working with Mondino was very much like working with Prince because their minds are going constantly. Even when Mondino said, yes, and I want the words to just be floating all around in the air and the wind. So, you know, and those things have just come up, but it, that, that was another big point that changed how I looked at the world, how I, where I wanted to be in the world. And um, 
I realized if I kept doing what I was doing, I'd be able to see the whole world with very little money <laughs> because right. if you kept enough projects going, you could just go everywhere. And, and I never, that wasn't a concern. It was just having these really rich people with so many layers in their personality and their passions that that was really inspirational. So let's talk about inspiration. What mm -hmm. inspires you in, in, in writing and everyday life as far as through your music? What's your inspiration? Where do you get that from? Um, I find inspiration a lot from just observing people, situations. I think I have a very intense curiosity about groups, interactions, and why people come together or why they drift apart, why things happen. There's always a big why. Mm. And I think a lot of writers per se i mean i know prince was like that as well a lot of times he could be an observer in a room and i think that's why we got along so well because it was just to observe and you know to get to the point where you made no assumptions or you could use your imagination i think people who break rules like frank gary for example uh the architect well, he's an inspiration on a level that he decided from looking at the way a piece of cloth or material was sitting on the side of a table that he would try to design his buildings with the same dimensions, which was who was thinking that way. So for me, inspiration just comes from like maverick renegades, people who sort of just go out and do these remarkable things and are a little bit, uh, um, very just not even a little bit like they might be a little bit hermity, you know, mm. Frida Kahlo, people like that. Mm. I'm not talking about when they become trends, but I think that being knowing that there's also this sub layer to them, you know, mm. there's something underneath the current bubbling, um, and it's full of right. vulnerability, yeah, and, but it's also full of like vulnerability and questions and and kind of a humility because when you're doing your art no matter how famous you are if you're really you you it can always break you your passions can always destroy you um but the fact that you show up every day for it and commit to this possibility um is what keeps you pursuing your dreams it's when you don't want to be broken anymore like when a dream doesn't happen that's because your passion can break you, but to show up for it and it can make you stronger. It obviously makes you stronger, but you can do some remarkable work. So inspiration like that artist, uh, voices, uh, children, uh, animals. I'm very inspired by animals and yeah, it's just life pretty much. I think I should have been a sociologist um, <laughs> on some level. I really do. I would have loved to have done that had I known what it was when I was a young girl. <laughs> because yeah. I think that's what musicians really are anyway, or writers. We are soci sociology doing some practicing some kind of uh, either picking up on a vibe that's happening in a culture or dissecting it or trying to move it. I think that's what a lot of artists are. What, what is bothering me at the moment and not to bring it down or anything is that we 
everyone has become so hypersensitive about everything. It, I fear for the expression of art will suffer in that process. People like a prince or like a Madonna or like certain uh, painters, Picasso, these people would not even be able to exist in the climate that we're creating at the moment. And that, that troubles me because, or, or fashion designers, you know, who knows where, you know, where does the critique end and where does the, the lack of tolerance or letting people explore. I think, you know, with actors, it's called acting, not real life. I, I don't mind if people invest in other cultural expression or trying to look at it. Um, I, I, I feel there's no ownership that we should take as long as you don't try to malign anything, as long as you try to lift it up. Some people have a for places and things they don't know why. It's just in their head. They just gravitate to something and they don't know what the components are. They just say, I'm going to Costa Rica, I gotta go. Or I'm designing this dress that's in my head, I don't know why. Or so for me right now, what's under grave danger is the ability to be able to have ex creative expression without we talk things senselessly to death. And uh, so the arts for me, it inspires people in such a way that I, I don't see how you can't look at someone's creation and feel some way or the other. And it's okay, whatever you feel. Nice. In with what you do in your art, where does your passion come from and your fire to keep going and being inspired to do what you do? I think my passion comes from trying to just deal with what's going on in the present moment. You know, I don't, I, I feel that I have a utopian complex. I would like to see a full on democracy. I'm a team player. I'm a person who thrives in those kind of environments, people, everybody with an equitable distribution of something. I mean, that's what my foundations were based upon from growing up Gordy to, you know, being Paisley, in Paisley Park, the foundations were always that it takes a team, it takes a group. It does take a lot of people to make something really amazing. Um, and for, for the passion to keep exploring new avenues or trying to help people have, you know, to get their voices recognized, the unsung heroes. I write a lot now for a magazine. So I try to find people that are, you know, whose voices need to be heard or they need to be able to express where they are. So I think my passion these days really relies on trying to uh, just keep it completely 100, but keep it completely empathetic, you know, with a lot of compassion. Mm -hmm. If you had some advice to give to somebody about following their passion and following their dream, mm -hmm. what would that advice be? Hmm. Following the passion and following a dream. It's a really great question because you can have a passion and you can see the dream but they're really two different things. Um, 
everybody dreams that they will be the number one in their dream, right? You're like, I'm number one. I'm going to do this, or it's going to be about me. It's dreams are, are a little bit narcissistic in a really weird way, if we, you know, which is fine. But where the passion comes into it is when you, when you're working in real life and you begin to expand the passion starts to expand the dream because as you grow and you have more experiences, your passions expand. And sometimes the dream actually is occurring, but if you're so busy trying to focus on it being exactly how you saw it, how you wanted it, sometimes you forget you're really in the dream. You, you, you know, if it's just, I want money, fame, this, that, those are actually quite easy to get these days. You can do something incredibly negative on, in the world and be a star tomorrow, star or whatever. You can get recognition, but to really have quality and passion, passion for me is to honor what the quality of your passion is, to stay true to that. The dream is should always be a work in progress that can always keep expanding because a lot of people are going to enter and exit that dream. So stay open. That's my thoughts on passion and dreams. If that makes sense. Yeah. And how have you been staying busy during COVID? Eating. No. Yeah, (laughs) no, really. I've been cooking, (laughs) eating, my God, I think I put on an extra 10 pounds, but you know what? <laughs> it was okay. Um, it's, that's fine. I think I started to explore. Um, I think it was a time of reflecting, self-reflection. Um, I'm a bit of a hermit sometimes in my own way. I tend to keep very, I'm very home base oriented and have a select or chosen few or they've chosen me to be around me uh so i think i've stayed creative in the best possible way i've got a little bit involved in politics and the concerns of that but i think you know you readjust and refocus a little bit and and i've decided that no matter how much you, you, you know, you're trying to gain control from your keyboard at home, you're typing away and you're angry or whatever. It's really important to keep your environment uh, pristine and with its own bliss because all of this stuff is going to go on. I mean, there's nothing that's going to happen that I'm going to type on, on social media or anything that's going to be earth shattering. And, you know, every, you know, Trump and everyone's going to go, Oh my God, she's right. You know what? Wow. I think it's been very interesting to just see the vulnerabilities of people, the fear. Uh, That's been quite sad. And I think the empath in me kind of wants to reach out and communicate a little bit more to people about it because I'd rather people start to see that we have more similarities than differences. And I think, like I say, we, we really do do we just need to listen more i think we're talking there's a lot of noise going on but for me i cook like a crazy woman uh Mm -hmm. lots of food uh i'm making i'm now trying to figure out how to garden because i want to plant some plants that actually stay alive Mm. okay and then one more thing i wanted to add to 
um, the story because then the guy that's editing can do this in production. But um, mm -hmm. when when you were recording, you've had the opportunity to record with several people in your career. Who are mm -hmm. some of the people you've worked with? Um, I've worked with Ruichi Sakamoto, who is phenomenal. Um, Niall Rogers, uh, Bernard Edwards from Chic, uh, Sinead O'Connor, uh, of course, Tina, Rick James, Stevie Wonder. Uh, the, these people were just phenomenal uh, to work with. And, and I think some of the backing vocal stuff, I did a session a long time ago, ages ago with like the Jones girls. They were like the go-to background girls of all time. Like they were crazy. And so, you know, everyone was talking about that blend they have, the blend and, you know, and it was so, that's why I, I, I did pride myself a little bit on that when I could work with people that I could manipulate my voice and shape it to really, you know, hone into blends and whatever. I've worked with um, different directors and yeah, lots of people in, in the biz and a lot of little, you know, young, young and upcoming kids too. So yeah, it's been fun. And you've even dabbled in some modeling as well. I did. I did some shows for Azadine Alaya. Um, and uh, that was great. That was fun. Talk about hectic getting in and out of those clothes, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that was, that, those were the days though, really, and I have to say that even during those days of the 80s with all the supermodels and those kids around and we were all kids, the energy was, was quite good. It was still the professionalism. The professionalism is something that I, I really, sure, you have your people with the rock star moments, but there really was, uh, people were getting things done and making the world move. Just, and, you know, very full on involved in their role in the world, in the spin of it. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jill. It's been such thank a you. pleasure. Thank you, Lisa and Richard. Thank you. Much success. Much success in the future. I pledge. I pledge. I pledge. My commitment. To pursue my passion and promise to use. My talent. Creativity and strength. To find a purpose. That fits my lifestyle. My lifestyle. My lifestyle and create a life I love to live every day every day every day